You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that thumbs up button on all these episodes. They're all great. They're all fantastic. So give me a thumbs up if you would. Hey, we're going to Ephesians 3, 17, 18, 19. You ought to have it memorized by now. In fact, I'm serious about this, not just because I want you to know the text, but this is something you need to add to your collection of battle verses, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, Ephesians 3, 17 that you being rooted and grounded in love. In other words, you won't be able to manifest Christ to other people if you're not rooted and grounded in love, and you can't be rooted and grounded in love if you only know one face of love. You're supposed to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. When it says you know the love of Christ, it means you're experiencing it. I know it. I've, I, I've seen it. It's happened in my life. Okay. How does that happen? Because you comprehend that love has four faces, four dimensions. And one of those dimensions is the dimension of protection, guarding. Christ went to great lengths to protect his 12 disciples. A lot of people have the idea that we treat everybody the same. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you're one of those people who thinks that you ought to treat every person in your life with the same level of gravity and relationship, boy, are you messed up. We have relationships with people much like a bullseye. There is the core, there's the next ring, the next ring, the next ring. You don't treat people in the outer ring the way you would treat someone in the core. Jesus didn't. Jesus had special things that he did for the 12. He said to them that unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And he explained parables to them. But to the people who were not truly committed to them, everything he taught was in a parable. And it was a little more hazy than that which he was giving to the twelve. The Bible says, do good to all men, but especially those of the household of faith. What's that talking about? We're good to the people out here in the outer rings, but we're really good to the people in the core. That's how God thinks. God protects. What if God had decided to protect Pharaoh at the Red Sea and treat him the same way he treated the children of Israel? God made a separation there. There was a wall, a barrier. What is that? That is the guarding element of God's love. And so you see that as an essential part of his character. And a lot of people uh, have these screwed ideas that we treat everybody exactly the same, and Jesus doesn't do that. All right, well, let's look at Matthew 8. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? 
Jesus, in essence, was saying, you should have known my nature. You should not have been fearful. You know me. You knew I would protect you. You knew that I would take care of you. You knew I didn't get you out here on this boat for you to die. You know, there is a trajectory to the plan of God. You know, God didn't do all those great things for Daniel to get him into the land of Persia just to let him die in a lion's den. Daniel knew by the trajectory of the blessing, all of the dreams he interpreted for the kings, the work that God did through the furnace uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel knew the character of God, and he was expecting God to deliver him from the lions because he understood trajectory, what God did in the beginning. And by the way, I've got a series on this called The Law of Continuance. And if you haven't listened to that series yet, you're missing half your life. You need to go back and read that. That's why David had the faith to go fight Goliath. He understood that there was a continuing law of protection to those who obeyed God in Israel. So Jesus protected uh, the 12. Now he protected them from another form of danger. And here it is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And very important, this. Uh, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, began to pluck heads of grain to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there's one greater than the temple. But if you'd known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Now, Jesus didn't ignore this criticism. He protected his disciples and he rebuked this criticism because it was unfounded. And he was showing them that there were times when other things preempted the order of not working on the Sabbath, that is, preserving life. And he showed them that from the scriptures. And it was important that he do this because if he's silent on this, he leaves a lingering doubt in the minds of his disciples that maybe the Pharisees have a point in their criticisms against him. And he wanted it to be known, no, they're wrong and I'm not standing for this. So you see Jesus stepping up and guarding uh, the people that were dear to him. Here's another one. Uh, Matthew 14, another storm on the sea. And, and what's going on here? How come every time they get into the Sea of Galilee, there's a storm blowing up? It's because there's a being called Satan who is the prince of the power of the air. And Jesus rebuked the storm, which means the storm didn't come from God. And things that steal, kill, and destroy don't come from God. They come from the devil. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now Jesus sent them to do something, and it wasn't smooth sailing. And let that be a lesson to you. There will be times that God will send you to do something, give you an assignment, and it won't be easy, and you'll come under attack. 
But in the fourth watch of the night, not the first watch, the fourth watch, so sometimes it's past yours and mine time of expectation, we think it's a little late, but Jesus is never late. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. This is Jesus, and they cried out for fear. Now listen to me. Your fears don't show you the plan of God, nor are they the voice of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God never speaks in fear. Fear is inaccurate. Mary had great favor when the angel came to tell her she was going to have a baby. She was very afraid. But the angel had to say to her, Fear not, Mary, you have favor with God. What was the truth? She was favored above all other women on planet Earth, but she didn't feel that way. Your feelings will lie to you, and especially if they're laced with fear. And so they are full of fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And of course, this is where Peter walked on the water to meet Jesus. But it's a fascinating story. And once again, it shows us that Jesus protects his people. John chapter 17, and I love these passages in John. Uh, we'll start reading in verse 9, and it's a prayer. Uh, Jesus is praying for the apostles, and he said in verse 9, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you've given me, for they are yours. Now stop right here. Earlier I told you that God has a line of demarcation between those who are dear and precious to him and those who are out here outside of relation with him. He loves us all, but those who are obedient to him, that are in a committed relationship with him, he treats us differently differently than he treats the guys on the outside. Keep that in your thinking. All right? All mine are yours, he says in John uh, 19, uh, 17.10. Yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me have I kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you would take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Now, keep, keep, keep. That's the theme of that prayer. Keep, keep, keep. Keep, keep, keep. In other words, guard, guard, guard. That is a word in the Greek, philoso, which means guard, protect, preserve. One of the faces of God's love is that God protects and he guards. Now, Pay attention to this story. This is a fascinating story. It's John's Gospel, chapter 18. The other writers don't share this one. There's a reason for it, because John's theme is to present Jesus as the living Word, the Son of God. That's why you don't have much emphasis on his physical birth. In denying that, it has to do with him being the eternal Word of God. And that's what you see in the beginning in John 1. All right, let's go to John 18, 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden. 
which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, the mob, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. He said to them, I am. Now the word he is in your King James Bible, but it's in italics, meaning it wasn't there. He answered them with the name of God, I am. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he had said to them, I am, they drew back and they fell to the ground. Now what happened? God's power knocked them flat. He had said earlier, no man, said it in John, no man takes my life, I lay it down. Now, if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke only, you might think that they came and got Jesus of their own volition because they wanted to. But when you read this passage in John, you see the whole picture. And that's why the Gospels were given in four different versions. It's so we could walk around the house and see all four sides. And so here is Jesus as the king and as the one who guards, as the lion. And he says to them, I am, and they went backward and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, who are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. Whoa, what is he doing? They're going to get them all. They don't want to get just Jesus. They want to clean out the whole group. But right here and then, Jesus says, don't touch my guys. Peter pulls out a sword, cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest. I don't think he was aiming for the ear. I think he's aiming right down the center of the skull, but he missed him, got the ear. And had that stood, Peter would have been captured and killed and executed. But when Jesus healed the man's ear, picked it up, put it back on his head and healed it, that kept Peter from death. Here we see Amazing guarding, protecting. It is one of the faces of the love of God. And even the mob that is coming to get Jesus, he is not destroying. He had said to his own, Do you not know that I could ask for 12 legions of angels? I'm not here to destroy. So he is loving, but yet he's guarding. And that's what love does. Love prefers not to have to destroy. Did Jesus do it on certain occasions? Yes, especially in the Old Testament. He will do it again in the book of Revelation. But his preference is to bring people to change. And that's why we call this the age of grace. The emphasis is on the grace. But don't make a mistake of thinking that because we're in the age of grace that love does not guard because love still guards even in the age of grace. Well, that's all the time I have for this message, but we're not done. We will pick up here tomorrow and wrap up this length dimension of the love of God. Thanks. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to 
MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.